welcome to MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Justin Henson. This week, I don't have a co-host, but we'll dive more into that in a minute. Um, go ahead and talk about what this podcast is about, some news related to the fights, and give you some analysis. And so, later tonight, the most cursed UFC card in history takes place. UFC 223. But... Right now, I'll give you a quick intro and background. This is the inaugural episode of the podcast. I'll be doing this for all the UFC pay-per-views and eventually probably do some fight nights and some fight passes as well and make it more of like a weekly thing. But for now, it'll be a kind of monthly four or five weeks thing depending on when the UFC's pay-per-views are. So with this being the first one though, bear with me um, in the upcoming months as... I try my best to improve the podcast and improve quality and and the format of the podcast. Um, In order to do so, I'd also love feedback from whatever few listeners there are, so that way I can do this and make it one of the best podcasts out there, or at least better than it currently is. But my cousin and I wanted to bring MMA talk back into the UFC and so we decided to start a podcast. Well, originally we decided to start a YouTube channel, but that didn't turn out all too well. And then we decided to go for a podcast because he's not always there. And I personally like podcasts. They're slightly more difficult, I've determined, to figure out. But I've made it this far, and I shall continue pushing forward. But as we talk about the fights, there will be two episodes, one on Saturday, one on the Sunday after. On Saturday, we'll kind of give news about the fights, what to expect um, from each side of the fighter, who we think is going to win the fight, and whatever else we have to talk about. And then on Sunday, we'll give an analysis of each fight on the prelims, Um, currently not the fight past prelims, but on the prelims and on the main card. This week, there are no fight pass prelims because of all the chaos that has happened to this event. So, I'll be giving you what to expect and an analysis on every fight on the card this week. But my cousin Wes isn't with me this week. He had some work obligations. Uh, You know, it happens sometimes. um, So we can't always can't always make it but whenever he's not here I'm gonna try and have on co-hosts that are MMA personalities to discuss the cards with and possibly try and do some interviews Um, some it's a little difficult at times because I know they're you know very very busy with their schedules and with what they do but I'm gonna keep pushing forward and if you have any ideas of fighters or personalities or commentators or whoever that I should try and bring on in future episodes, please let me know. Uh, I'm going to drop a Twitter handle later and some more information about that later as well. But on on Saturday, we'll go, well, today's Saturday, but on the first episode for each event, we'll go ahead and drop in the news, um, who's fighting, what to expect from the fights, what fights are you know really big for those fighters 
and then on Sunday we'll kind of talk about everything that happened at the fights and give some back some perspective and some kind of analysis to all the fights as well and any news I provide to you on um, the Saturday podcast I promise you I have sat there and researched it and if it's something that someone has tossed out there and I don't talk about it on the podcast it's either not related enough to the UFC or to what's happening this weekend or I just haven't found enough information on it to verify its validity. Um, so as many of you have probably noticed, the name for this podcast is kind of bland. It wasn't the original name I had planned, but the original name I had planned was too close to other names and then just kind of pick name after name. It's like, ah, that's taken, taken, taken. So if you have any ideas, please let me know. We'll do a contest. I don't know what the prize will be yet, but I'll determine a winner um, the Saturday before UFC 225, and I'll let you know. And you'll probably notice because I'll probably have the podcast name changed by that point already. Uh, but for now, I'm sticking with MMA fan, and we'll see where it goes. So let's go ahead and jump into news. So, as the time I've recorded this, there's been lots of changes. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that nothing changes in between now and tonight. But as we all know, that's a possibility, but it's pretty hard to drop a podcast and have people listen to it before the fight happens, if you drop it, like, when the fight's happening. So... I'll drop it on Saturday. I'm not going to drop it any earlier than that because as we've seen from this pay-per-view, uh, things can change relatively close to the fight card. So uh, starting with last Thursday, the last Thursday in March, uh, UFC had a press conference for you. I believe it was a press conference. It was some event for UFC 223. Yeah, no, this, this was the press conference event. Um, while at the event, Tony Ferguson actually twisted his ankle while, uh, he was wearing dress shoes. Um, Chel Sonnen talked a little bit about it on his podcast, and I guess the floors are there pretty sticky with dress shoes, and he ended up twisting his ankle, and it was announced Max Holloway was going to be put into that on Saturday. Um, I think it's awesome for a job by Max Holloway to step up and take the fight on six days notice. It was talked about on Saturday that this was going to be Max Holloway's biggest weight loss. I can't remember what the exact amount was, whether it was 20 or 25 pounds, but I don't know about you, but to me, 20 or 25 pounds in six days is a lot, a lot to cut. So, um, we roll around to Friday. Sorry, yeah, Friday. Holloway ended up being deemed medically unfit by the New York State Athletic Commission. Um, the New York State Athletic Commission believed his physical condition did not look well enough with the weight he had already lost. He weighed in on Friday at 160 pounds. 
So at this point, he'd already lost 15 to 20 pounds, and he's five pounds away. Um, that's still really impressive. Um, he wanted to continue, like, cutting weight. He, in fact, mentioned this on his Twitter when he talked to, when he tweeted Khabib. And, you know, I think it's really awesome what he did, what he tried to do. It would have been a great fight. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it's just out of your hands and out of the fighter's hands. So, great job, great props to Holloway, but it happens. Um, and so then that fight changed a few times as well because Holloway was out. They kind of hustled to find different fighters, went through multiple options. They went through the option of Pettis. They went through the option of Felder, which I didn't know this, but if you're not ranked in the top 15, you can't be in a title fight. Seems reasonable, I guess, but from what I remember, there was a point in time where UFC didn't even have, like, rankings. So, I I don't know when the rules changed or what, but I assume that's why we now have rankings in the UFC is because of this. But that makes, it, it makes sense at the same time. So, on one day's notice, Friday evening, La Quinta got put into the fight versus Khabib. A lot of people discounted this and thought, okay, Khabib's going to just destroy La Quinta. Don't get me wrong, that is a possibility, but I'm going to dive a lot more into that in the what to expect. So, moving away from the main event for now, though, let's backtrack to this past Thursday. If you somehow missed the news and are listening to this podcast, I'm really surprised. But the news, I'm going to give you a quick recap on it as with as much detail needed as possible. Um, Conor McGregor, Artem Lobov, and 18 other guys entered the Barclays Center and started causing havoc at an event that the UFC was having. From what it looks like to me, it looked like the fighters were getting ready to leave the venue as they were all in their respective vans, you know, in the red corners, red fighters in the red fighters van, blue in the blue van. Um, Connor and others threw chairs, metal guardrails, and other items at the van. Uh, I guess this was somewhat related to some beef with Khabib. Um, honestly, this isn't this isn't how you handle this you know you, this isn't the first time in the UFC two fighters have had beef or Twitter beef or whatever beef you step in the octagon and handle it you don't have you don't do this this is essentially an adult temper tantrum it's it's uh, just ridiculous is what it is it's ridiculous and disappointing and just sad so the, the chaos that was already this pay-per-view got even further. Um, but whatever the case, it, it, it shouldn't have gone down this way. Um, when some of the items collided with the van, uh, windows broke and glass cut Michael Chesa in several spots. And he had to go to the hospital to be checked out. 
uh, Dana White ended up talking about this Thursday night and went and checked on Michael Chiesa Thursday night. He ended up getting ruled out for his fight. Ray Borg was also injured. I don't know what caused his injuries, but he was hurt and ruled out as well. Um, as far as I know, there weren't any other injuries due to, due to this incident. A lot of the fighters were rattled because of it. You got people acting amok and throwing stuff. Um, so due to this incident on Thursday, Michael Chase versus Anthony, Anthony Pettis was slated. Artem Lobov's fight was slated due to him being a part of the instant incident, and Ray Borg's fight was slated due to injuries as well. So the fight card dropped from 13 to 10, and it later dropped another fight whenever they uh, moved um, La Quinta up to the main event. Um, Friday, I believe, no, it was late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Connor was arrested on multiple charges of assault and misbehavioral and behavioral mischief. I haven't seen any more news about this. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of follow-up. I know he had a court hearing. I don't know what the result was. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be any bail. I don't know anything about the lawsuits yet. Um, it'll be... I probably won't have any more news for you about that by the next podcast just because at that point it'll all already be out. Um, and other news not related to UFC 223, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to be returning to the UFC and Dana said this earlier this week that there's a possibility he gets a title shot against the winner between Miochik versus Cormier. Uh, we'll see what happens. Lesnar still has to go through the USADA testing pool. But from what I understand, his WWE obligations will be done this Sunday. And he will be free to fight whenever he's done with the USADA testing pool. But, so with all of those changes, there's still an amazing amazing fight card that is going down tonight there's four fights on the prelims and still five fights on the main card there is no fight past prelims and the prelims themselves are going to be great fights as well they're going to be ones to watch all the fights are going to be great fights to watch so let's go ahead and dive into uh some background on the fighters, what to expect from the fighters, and who I think is going to win. I know everyone has a different thought process, and sometimes I honestly don't even know who I think will win, but who I want to win. So the first fight on the prelims is a light heavyweight fight between Devin Clark and Mike Rodriguez. Devin Clark is 8-2 in MMA, and Mike Rodriguez is 9-2. Um, both fighters coming in with similar records and winning styles. Devin has a 77-inch reach, while Mike has an 83-inch reach. The contrast of the two, Devin Clark, the contrast of the two is pretty uh, kind of wild. 
they have a Mike has a six inch reach advantage, which I think will play out really well as it usually does. Um, both guys push for the ground quite often. Um, Devin quickly, it, Devin typically goes for a ground uh, position and just. Um, Devin typically goes goes for the ground, but he doesn't perform his transitions very well. Just typically hitting his opponent, which seems to work out pretty well for him, I'd say. Um, but from what I've seen in his fights, his transitions aren't the best. We'll see how that plays out tonight and how he's improved those. Um, Mike Rodriguez typically goes for the stand-up game but ends up on the ground anyways when he does end up on the ground he looks very impressive and has very good transitions and submission defense skills um he was in one of the fights i watched he was in a rear naked choke almost in a rear naked choke and had a body triangle put on him and got out of the body triangle and got to the top and he ended up winning that fight. So I, I believe this will be an interesting fight for light heavyweights. Um, we're probably going to see lots of punches thrown. It'll probably end up going to the ground. I think if it does go to the ground, one problem uh, Devin's going to have is Mike is a lot taller. He's four inches taller than Devin is. And he has a six inch reach advantage is really good with his transitions and I don't think that's going to play very well for Devin. I'm personally expecting Rodriguez to win this fight and pull out his first UFC victory. Um, then we move on in the prelims to number 14 Evan Dunham versus Olivier Aubin Mercier OAM. This is a lightweight bout. Evan Dunham has had an impressive career in MMA just based off of his opponents. He, he has a record of 18 and 6 and has had losses against the likes of Barbosa, Cerrone, Rafael Dos Anjos, and Melvin Gallard. But he's also had notice, notable wins over Ross Pearson, Joe Lozon, and Rick Glenn, as well as two Fight of the Night awards, one of which was his fight with Rick Glenn. And Dunham also has a jiu-jitsu black belt. Olivier is 11-2 and two in the UFC, but Olivier seems very skilled and is very good with his submissions. Um, from what I've noticed, if you look at Evan Dunham's biggest losses, Barbosa, Cerrone, RDA, and Melvin Gillard, these are guys who typically, Cerrone doesn't typically push for the ground, but when he gets to the ground, he's very dangerous on the ground. As well as these other guys, when they get to the ground, they're very dangerous and very skilled fighters on the ground. Um, Evan Dunham will probably be 
LAM's first notable win in the UFC. He's LAM's a very skilled fighter in the stand-up game with many submission victories. Uh, he got multiple rear naked choke victories and a very unorthodox leg triangle victory. When I watched that, it, it, I was kind of surprised because I haven't seen anyone try that before. It was very logical. Um, it's definitely worth looking up that you just go on YouTube, find a highlight video, you'll you'll see that submission. It was really nice. It was performed really well. Um, and Evan Dunham's losses kind of paint a picture to me. Even though he has a jiu-jitsu black belt, he seems to have issues on the ground game with very skilled fighters. So I think it's going to present a really good matchup, though, with both of their styles. And I think at some point it's going to end up on the ground. And I'm not entirely sure who has the upper hand in this fight. Because both fighters have a very close skill level. But I'm going to give OAM the upper hand on this one. Even though Evan Dunham has many fights with very skilled fighters. And the experience that... OAM doesn't. Um, I will not be surprised either way the fight turns out, though. I'm going with OAM into this fight, though. Now we dive into a couple female fights tonight. Typically with the female fights, if you haven't heard of those females, it's really hard to find information and just stuff about those females if you haven't seen those fights because they've only got so few fights on their careers and they're all just starting now and so very the majority of them are just getting to the UFC this they're just getting to the UFC a lot of the older their few fights they had before that typically are really hard to dig up and find but it's possible so let's go ahead and dive into the first female fight of the night a women's flyweight bout these girls always are so quick so quick it's ridiculous um beck rollins though is seven and seven in mma it's kind of a lackluster record if you really look at it. Seven and seven's just not that impressive in um, MMA. And she's coming off of three losses in a row. Ashley Evans has five and three. So Beck does have almost twice as much experience as Ashley does. Ashley's record is just slightly better than Ashley than Bex though um, and Ashley seems fairly new to the sport with only eight fights but they both have they're both on losing streaks Bex is one more than Ashley's right now seems that the majority of Ashley's losses have been in the UFC and prior to that she was really impressive fighter hopefully these girls these women turn it around pretty soon we'll see which one does that tonight um Pe beck rollins 
ended up one of her fights she lost was against Paige Van Zandt, which Paige Van Zandt is a pretty tough opponent and seems to have wins against many of the females. As you look at their records, a lot of females have lost to Paige Van Zandt. It's not a huge loss to take, but having seven is still a big deal. Um, and losses, and Ashley has a loss to Sarah Morris as her most recent one. So not a, a huge name, but she still has uh, two losses, and she's currently on that losing streak as well. See how that plays out. So I think both fighters are going to really want redemption to try and get back into the game. I think at this point, Beck probably wants that redemption more. Um, just because she's on a rough losing streak. And she had some fights against tough opponents as well. So she probably wants to get back so that way she can get back into the game and start you know, having some serious fights again. I'm a lean with Beck. I honestly don't know how this one's going to turn out. Both fighters don't have a lot of fights in the business and not a whole lot that are with huge names yet. So the main event on the prelims is going to be a women's strawweight bout with Carolina Kowalikwicz. I always mess her name up. Um, I probably won't use her name the rest of the podcast, or last name the rest of the podcast. And she's fighting Felice Herrig. Two pretty well-known uh, female fighters in the strawweight division. Carolina is 11-2, coming back from losses against uh, Joanna Jurdesic and Claudia. So her two losses are tough, tough fighters. Um, she won her fight in October against Esquivel. So she's back on the right track. And those two losses, it's it's hard to discount someone with those those losses. Um, Felice Herrig is 14 and 6 with a four-fight win streak. With her most recent wins against Justine Kish and Courtney Casey. Both uh, with both women's competitive spirit and fight history with tough opponents, I expect this to be a great fight. Um, if you haven't heard, if you're not big into the female fights, I think this is one to watch for sure. Both fighters are great. Um, both fighters have had some tough opponents over the years, and I I think they're just gonna come in and just go for it. Um, I think both options are very reasonable to go with, especially since Felice Herrig's on a four-fight win streak. Carolina had some tough opponents that she lost to. I'm going to go with Carolina just because I'm going to root for her to get back on track and see where she goes from here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick little break just to check audio quality and everything and to go take care of the dog you probably hear in the background now barking um periodically you'll probably hear them from time to time they like to bark at the other dogs outside and wind and just any little noise 
Okay, so we're gonna, well, first off, I'm back. Um, we're gonna kick off the main card with a lightweight bout between Lozo, Joe Lozon and Chris Grutzemacher. You would think Chris Grutzemacher would be the name I would have messed up. But, so, Joe Lozon has a record of 27 and 15 and Chris Grutzemacher has a record of 13-3. and three. Joe Lozon's had fights against so many big names in the UFC. I, just, I, I didn't even list them all off because he's the, like almost every name he has fought in the last six, six or seven years in the UFC has been a big name. Um... He's very back and forth, as kind of noted by his record and his wins and losses in his career. Um, Chris Grutzemacher is fairly new to the UFC, coming from being a Strike Force champion. He got one win in the UFC before losing his most recent two fights. So I'm guessing Chris Grutzemacher probably wants to get back on track. It'll be a tough matchup for Chris against Joe Lozon. But I, I think Chris Grutzmacher has a good chance. For Chris, Joe would be a great person to have a win over considering Joe's pedigree of fights within the UFC. Um, with all of that being said, I'm kind of expecting Joe to pick up the win here tonight, but I'm rooting for Chris just to see him stick around and see what he is made of and see what he can turn it in, turn it around and climb to the top of the division hopefully at least put on some great fights because I always love great fights I expect this fight will be really good Joe Lozon's very good in the octagon um, he does have quite a few losses but I mean they're against great names Chris, Chris Grutzemacher from the fights I did see he seems very tough and I think this is going to end up being a great fight um, there's he doesn't have a whole lot of fights I could end up pulling a whole lot of information from um, I expect it's mostly going to be stand-up it's a possibility they'll go to the ground though and we'll see what will happen from there so from there we're going to jump into another hard pronounced name with a featherweight bout between Zabit Magomedev Sharapov, who from the rest of the podcast I will just refer to as Zabit. He's fighting Kyle Bochniak. When I first looked at this, I recognized Kyle's name. That's just because I watched Kyle fight like a few months ago. Um, and I didn't recognize Zabit's name because his first UFC fight was back in September. But, and apparently I'm a little behind on his fighting career, but he has had two fights already, and this will be his third fight in eight months, which, that's pretty cool in my book. Um, he's, you know, both guys are trying very hard to make a name and just keep fighting, which is really awesome. Um, 
both guys have wins in the UFC, but neither of them have wins against huge names yet. They're still very good wins. Um, Zavitt walks into tonight with a 14-1 record and Kyle with an 8-2 record. Zavitt most commonly fights to the ground. He throws a lot, a lot of just crazy kicks. We're talking like Conor McGregor crazy kicks here, where he does these uh, spinning back kicks. He, in one of the videos I saw, Zavitt did one of those kicks off the cage. He completely missed, but he went for it. Um, that's, he has some really good takedowns as well. Um, I think that's going to play a problem for Kyle Bochniak, but we'll see how, how that goes. He, he's really impressive with his takedowns. Um, and once he gets to the ground, he's very, very dangerous and impressive with his submissions. Um, he sinks in his rear naked choke really tight. We're talking GSP when GSP fought Michael Bisping tight. This was a tight rear naked choke. He also got a head triangle on that was very tight as well and keeps great positioning um, during the submissions, leaving his opponent little choice but to tap, which is really good. Uh, really good to know your surroundings and keep aware of what you're doing outside of just the submission hold. Um, Kyle Bocciniak walks in with lots of power in his face and pushing towards the ground as well with good ground game and submissions. This, I'm guessing this fight will most likely go, turn into a ground and submissions war. I expect to be presented with a fight with many that many fans will probably hate because they'll probably end on the ground with lots of transitions and submission attempts from both sides. But that's my kind of favorite fight. Just very technical, very go at it and see how they progress in the transition and the ground game. I expect the finish of the fight will be a great one with good likelihood of looking for one of the awards of the night. Um, I'm, I think it could go either way, but I'm siding with Zabit just because of his ridiculous ability to sink in his submissions and with his transitions. Um, I think it'll be a phenomenal fight either way though, and possibly submission of the night. So moving from there, we have a featherweight, another featherweight bout with number 11, Renato Moicano and Calvin Qatar. Renato is 11, uh, has 11 wins, one loss, and one draw with his most draw in his most recent fight. Calvin Qatar is 18-2. and two. Ren Renato has a win over Jeremy Stevens and his a recent loss against Brian Ortega. And I watched the video for the Brian Ortega and Moicano fight. They were both in super close in each other's range. It was a very good fight. Ortega just happened to land lots of rough hits rough hits. And I believe Ortega broke Meccano's nose in that fight as well. But he keeps in close range and has really good stand-up. On the other hand, Calvin Guitar has climbed to number 13 after only two fights in the UFC with win wins against Andre Filet 
and Shane Borgos, both tough opponents. And I remember watching the Shane Borgos fight, that one fight of the night, and it was a very good fight. It was an absolutely crazy finish. Um, he hit several beautiful clean hits on Shane, and Shane took him very well, but he ended up getting rocked several times, and Calvin Qatar kept pushing at it and quickly got the KO call. Um, I think this is going to be a great stand-up game, probably lots of boxing, but I'm kind of siding with Calvin Qatar on this one, just because I don't know Cano can stand up with Calvin and take the hits Calvin is prepared to throw and keep that close range that he's probably going to push for. So I'm going with Calvin Qatar. I think that's going to be a slugfest and it's going to be a great fight. Now we jump into the co-main event. One of the fights that seemed to eluded the craziness of this week and the craziness of this card. It's the rematch many people have questioned. Why is this happening? I don't understand. I fully expected after Rose won that she was going to get a rematch just because Joanna has had quite a reign when she was the strawweight women's champion. They're both amazing fighters in the octagon. They're both very well rounded. They both have submission wins. They both have knockout wins. And they're both two of the toughest, toughest fighters in the strawweight division. Um, I've watched both fighters' careers develop in the UFC. For me personally, I'm I'm siding with Rose on this one. I've been a huge Rose fan ever since she first hopped in the UFC, and I saw the skill she had, and I saw this focus and demeanor she had about herself where she walked in, and this is what she wanted to do. She knew who she was and how she was going to do it, and I... I respect that and I respect your skill and it's awesome um, but both fighters are very talented uh, Joanna's got many wins against the top females and they both put on some really tough fights and the first one was a very tough fight as well Joanna uh, had dominated the top of the women's drawweight division for quite a while with many victories as a champion under her belt and quite impressive ones at that. So when they fought the first time it was a fight I had been waiting for for years because I was a huge Rose fan and knew one day she was going to fight for the title. Both competitors are very amazing and talented and both have great odds of walking out of there tonight with the champion but for me I'm aside with Rose, her performance the first time these two faced off was phenomenal. She played the mind games with one of the best at the, the at playing mind games. Joanna's been known as this boogie woman and Rose played it better. She caught she Rose caught Joanna with some solid hits and Rose, 
Joanna ended up falling to the mat, and Rose went in for it and just kept going until the ref called it. Um, one thing that, you know, she performed very well against a fighter who's honestly just outboxed the majority of her competition, but got outboxed during that. And Joanna tapped out, and very few times have I seen someone tap out to fights. But for me, I think this fight will end up being quite possibly fight of the night. And it'll be an absolutely glorious fight at that. So that leaves us with the main event. Quite possibly the most cursed event on this whole card. With fight change with the challenger changing two times and it was the fourth time that Khabib was scheduled to face Tony. Now with the number two fighter and the number 11 fighter stepping in tonight, a lot of people discounted Al Quinta just because he's the number 11 fighter and Khabib is a mauler. Now we're going to get into the very confusing part with, with Quinta weighing in at weighing in 0.2 pounds over the 155 pound weight limit New York State Athletic Commission said he couldn't be crowned the champion due to the rules but Dana says if he wins he will be the lightweight champion um, I'm honestly not even sure how to explain this and make it any less confusing than that right there I'm not sure how he can be recognized as the champion and not be recognized as a champion at the same time. But I, if Khabib wins, he's he's recognized by the, as the champion by both. So I'll, I'm just going to leave it at that. But after much of people in the previous week, LaQuinta found himself in this fight against a tough opponent. Although LaQuinta's ranked 11, he's a tough fighter with serious power. As well that will add to the slugfest that this fight will probably turn into. If you haven't looked at the lightweight rankings in a while, you probably should. Because the lightweight division is honestly super, super stacked. Like, I looked at it, and because I was kind of curious how Pettis was ranked 12. So I looked at it, and Pettis is ranked 12 because there's so many, but just amazing amazingly talented fighters in this division with that being said I think LaQuinta still has has a shot at pulling an upset out, out, out here and everyone discounts LaQuinta due to Khabib's record and streak of never losing and his amazing skill in the octagon I foreseen excellent fight between the two of them for the lightweight belt. Um, I think they're just going to end up going at it and it's going to be a boxing match. They're going to just, they're just gonna throw punches at one another. Um, both have serious power. I'm gonna side with Khabib on this one because I watched him, like, I, I watched several of his fights Khabib versus Edson Barbosa was one of the most scary maulings I've ever seen of a fighter. Edson Barbosa is a very talented fighter just to get destroyed. 
by Khabib. It it was ridiculous. But this should be a great fight. And we should have a new lightweight champion here tonight. Oh wait. That's either way, right? <laughs> well, everyone. Um, hopefully there's some of you that actually get to listen to this before the fights happen. If not totally makes sense it's the first one but i'll have a fight analysis on sunday as well talking about the fights and what happened for these absolutely just amazing fights this fight card was stacked before all these changes that have happened this weekend and it's still a great fight card and i've been looking for this forward to this for months so everyone I'm guessing if there's more than zero people listening to this at this point that it's probably October by now but if you are listening to this please let me know what you think so that I can improve the quality of the podcast and the format or if you have ideas of MMA related co-host I will take those suggestions as well so that way I can bring them on on future episodes and talk to them about the fights and talk, to, kind of just do an interview with them possibly. Um, you can find me at Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MMA Fan Pod Podcast. It's going to be at MMA underscore Fan Podcast. Uh, leave me some feedback on there. You can also find the podcast on iTunes and give feedback and a rating. Or also on Anchor Podcasts. Uh, I'll bring you all another episode tomorrow recapping and providing analysis of the fights. Thanks everyone for listening and hope, hoping for some amazing fights tonight. And I will probably sound a lot less monotone after the fights when I bring you the recap and analysis. I will probably be so adrenaline high and stoked after watching those fights i feel like it's going to be 217 all over again pretty much i walked out of 217 super excited i'm pretty sure i stayed up another hour after that and keep in mind it was already like one in the morning when i got home but i'll see you all again on sunday thank you everyone for listening Thank you.